Well, welcome, everybody. This is The Verge Cast. It's like the director's commentary for TheVerge.com. My name is Dieter Bone. My name is Christopher Plant. My name is Ross Miller. My name is Sam Philip Sheffer. Sam Philip Sheffer. Hype check that uh, intro. Wait, wait, wait. Is your name, your name actually Philip? Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? Why? I've, never, I've known you for years. I've never known you had a middle name. Yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my first name is Just Sam. Not Just Sam. Just Sam. <laughs> so not, not Samuel. No, not yeah, no. Samwise. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a week. Uh, I think that you know the there's been a bunch of entertainment news that we definitely want to get into later. Uh, there's a bunch. Well, eh, there's some like sad news. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I want to let everybody know that we are going to have a slightly shortened Vergecast today. It's going to be a little bit shorter because we just can't maintain without Eli. We don't know <laughs> how to keep talking. As is obvious. Uh, no, we're actually we're going to be shorter because uh, we are going to be premiering a episode of What's Tech, which is a new podcast from The Verge that's hosted by the friend to my left. If you're watching the Hello. live stream, Chris Plant, you want to tell us a little bit about What's Tech, real sure. quick? We're going to get uh, into it much more later. Yeah, What's Tech is a show that is like 15 to 20 minutes because I prefer short podcasts that I can listen to on a morning commute or during uh, like a short workout session that explains technology one kind of corner of tech at a time. So the first two episodes that are available uh, like now-ish or right after this uh, are about drones and smartwatches. Uh, and it's amazing how even things that I kind of thought I did understand, like smartwatches, Mm -hmm. you sit down with somebody who like really gets it and like, oh, I had no clue. Uh, and, and same with the drones episode. That's what's been really fun. I mean, just for me as like an individual is learning from each episode, uh, which I mean, you yeah. can't you can't ask for anything better. Like to to come into work and like be paid to get to learn about cool things from people who really really understand them. Um, I'm working on a special episode. We're hoping it's coming together for next <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Best. You're that, already oh best. My now gosh. that you tease if it, it can, better happen. I I I I'm, is it tech though? It is. Okay. It is because That's there's a very yes. loose definition of tech. Mm. That's something that people will find out very quickly. I imagine as the show goes on, is <laughs> the show is really what I want to talk about or learn about, um, and I and I just hope that people are kind and of. And you listen along. to it on a phone, so therefore tech. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, I love how by episode two you're already like just breaking the title. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess three technically. Episode three. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, well. You'll see. I, I mean, I, we, I'm not, I'm not giving away what this is, but I think, it, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how far we can stretch the idea of what technology is and how it fits into our lives. I'm really looking forward Guys, to the Oreo episode. Okay, we're going to talk about tech news. That's uh, <laughs> just I'm, meta. It's, it's the meta cast. It always it's is. The all meta-cast. we're going to do is sit here and talk about ourselves. It's the most interesting thing ever. Microsoft. Yes. So, Satya Nadella has been CEO for a year, and. I defy you to find somebody who doesn't think Microsoft is like really kind of interesting and cool. It's definitely in a better place than it was. And like we were all excited when Nadella came out and like yeah. he made that huge pitch mobile first, cloud first. Which is the worst. It's Let's the just worst. you you can't have two firsts. You just can't. But this right? is, as close as you would have to this <laughs> is what's happening. Like they bought Sunrise. They bought Sunrise. Damn good calendar. They bought a Compli. Yes. They're just they're just buying stuff. They're buying like they're like, yeah, hey, we need a better and they just bought the best one. People are saying right. positive things about Outlook. That's a surprise. They're letting people test Office 2016, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I I cannot wait for GDC. So, no, no, this connects. The Game Developers Conference is coming up. It's like three weeks away. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft has been very uh, forward and not saying nothing at all. But they like, you get messages, it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about anything. 
but uh, but I want to talk about something. <laughs> like, wait, what? What are you talking about? They're like, GDC definitely can't say anything, but I can say one thing. You'll want to be there. Oh. <laughs> it's like, but no, it's it's good because like, I, at least somebody seems like they get it and care again. Mm-hmm, it, right. There was this weird thing where games are one just having the Renaissance right now on PCs, but two, uh, it's different than Apple where uh, games are still carrying the weight of mobile for Apple. It is what people buy, and they just don't give a shit. Uh, oh yeah, we're not we're not we're not cursing. We just don't care. Uh, and and it, it's cool. I'm hoping to see Windows uh, designed around games in some capacity uh-huh. again. Uh, and I, I'm just really curious. And and you're right. I don't I don't know if I'd say they're cool again yet. Uh, I don't know if Microsoft can ever really be cool because it'll always be the thing that like I associate with like having to go to a desk job, even though all of us use Apple products. Right. Uh, but. It just feels like they keep making good choices. Yeah, well, the the, the Sunrise and Accompli thing are what really get me because these are two apps that anybody who like pays attention to productivity apps on iOS, which is presumably a pretty small sliver of the population, but if you are part of that sliver, you probably have really, really warm, fuzzy feelings about these apps because they were legitimately great. Right. And Microsoft's like, oh, we're just going to buy the apps that everybody feels the best about. It's not just that. They're they're going to keep it open for iOS and Android, as far as I can tell, yeah. as far as I, like, they've announced, like, they're just being open. It's like, yeah, we know it's not really a Windows app. It'll be on Windows, but like, we'll keep it open for everybody because everyone loves it. They just want Microsoft's branding everywhere now. So the, the, the question that I have is everybody, like people are feeling good about Microsoft. They're being incredibly open about all the stuff that they're working on. Right. Uh, especially for Windows 10. But Windows 10 is coming later. Well, it, it it hit today for phones. For phone, well, and, yeah, but it's for some phones, and yeah, for like a, <laughs> one specific phone for like one person. And it's a preview. Yeah, yeah, but it's coming. Okay, but yeah. how long can they maintain this like warm, happy feelings? When am I going to start being mad at Microsoft? I, I, as soon as you actually try it, oh, is yeah. actually okay. that's the thing. Uh, the dream is great. It's beautiful. <laughs> I haven't had to touch it, so nothing is spoiled by the dream. <laughs> I'm I'm in, I'm enthusiastic. It also and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like this is a new model that Facebook has really nailed, which is again buying the warm and fuzzies yeah. and then not touching them. Like <laughs> what like buying WhatsApp and being like, right. yeah, that people love that. You know what we're going to call it? WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> Oculus, everyone everyone's really jazzed about that. Cool. Um let's not have our name near it. Like let's not bring any positive or negative to it. Let's just Well, let they it keep did doing rename Complete Outlook. There is that. There is that. Yeah. Or the gamble, yeah. but it, it paid off because yeah. it made Outlook kind of cool. Right. Like I would never in my life thought Outlook would be on top of the app, uh, the Apple App Store, but it was for a bit. Yeah, which is insane. Um, I don't know. The phone thing is really a bummer. Like, I don't know. They, I don't think that they're anywhere close to where they need to be there. And I, I just don't know what this. I mean, this is the the standard thing with Windows Phone. Like, are they trying to win, or what are they trying to do? I don't know. I think it's tough at this point because, like, I think. And, you know, this is harking back to a piece that Vlad did long, long time ago, yeah. like, choose your religion, like Apple or basically Android at this point. Uh, people are so locked in. They've bought so many apps. They have so many devices and everything's interconnected. I mean, the nice thing about things like Sunrise and Accompli is that you can buy a different platform and they will all connect anyway. Um, but I don't know. I feel like... Uh, do, do you know the weird thing Gosh. about, like about that though about the idea of like you've you've invested all your money into all these things yeah, yeah. is weirdly enough owning an ipad mini has made the idea of making the switch that i keep thinking i'm going to do to android so much more palatable really because it's like well sure yeah. i i have lots of games 
if I want to play them, I'll, just I'll use iPad Mini. iPad. I mean, at yeah. this point, I just don't use my phone for much stuff other than getting work done, uh, which is, again, why I keep thinking I need to make the switch, because it's like, well, if I'm not using it for games... Yeah, well, and, and you're I'm not old, using it... We, we've been meeting to talk about this for, like, two weeks now. You're not using it for cameras. Yeah, right, because I have my I have my camera that I tool around. Yeah, and so what what am I using it for? I'm using it to check my calendar and use email and get work done. Uh, and right now, should switch to Android. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it's feeling like. And and I don't feel bad doing it despite having spent all this money on the iTunes App Store because if I ever want that stuff, mm. I can pull out my iPad Mini, which weighs nothing, and I can toss my backpack. Right, Sam, hype check Microsoft right now. At in this moment in time. I mean, they're they're <laughs> they are setting themselves up to be like cool again, very s- fast. I was gonna say slowly, but it's like happening fast. Like Windows 10 looks beautiful; they're finally unifying it for across all their devices. Although I don't know what they're gonna do with their phones because it doesn't work on any of the hardware. The preview doesn't. Um, they have a lot of cash, and they're just buying stuff. Xbox One is Xbox One, and then they have the Holo whole deal. Um, <laughs> what I want from Microsoft is uh, the apps need to be there because, like, I people still tweet at me when I like uh, tease the Snapchat account. People are like, "Well, Snapchat's not on Windows Phone," and I'm like, "Then why the hell do you have a Windows Phone?" And like that, Microsoft, yes. Microsoft wow. needs <laughs> no like, and there's no Instagram. These are like, you know, triple A grade. However, you want to rate these apps, like these are apps that everyone everyone uses on their phones and Microsoft just needs to get its crap together and convince these companies to make these apps for these phones or I, mean, I don't know. It does have Instagram. It does. Yeah. Oh, you just can't post video. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a chicken and egg thing too. Cause there's just not enough people, but they won't get the people until Snapchat's there and Snapchat won't put it on there until the people are there. Right. Right. Like, so Microsoft's doing everything else. It can to incentivize like, this is a really cool platform. Right. Maybe the customers aren't here, but we've clued in everything we can to make it happen. All we need is Snapchat or an Instagram video. Right. Yeah. And I think... Go ahead, Blaine. Oh, I, I was going to say there is this strange thing of what it feels like, again, to someone who doesn't fully understand how you develop for Windows at this point. But they keep talking about, oh, well, you develop for one, you develop for all. This giant cross-platform mm-hmm. you know, revolution. But what's strange is you think about Instagram or Snapchat, and they're, they, the specificity is what makes those work. Like, what people liked about Vine early on was you couldn't just throw it on your desktop and make a perfect video. Like, it lived on your phone, and there was a reason for it just to be on your phone. Same with Snapchat. So there's a weird thing here where it's like, sure, you can develop for all platforms on Windows, but a lot of these companies probably don't even intend to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's just extra work. Uh, or, you know, it's something that you don't want to allow, and then people are upset with you because you're not allowing it. And you never want to be the people who have to explain to people why Instagram doesn't belong on your computer because you want the photos to look a little rough or you want there to be a grime to it in right. a certain way. Guys. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Radio Shack? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, was, I just I, 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 I stuck my arms out. Thank you. I, I, I was preparing. I, I, was, I was wondering if I, that like, was the sigh of, like, we're ending Microsoft or this is the sigh of we're talking so, about Radio Shack. Uh, just... <laughs> I... Loved me some Radio Shack growing up. Who like, didn't really? Mm-hmm. Everyone shopped at Radio my, Shack. My, my father uh, is an electrical engineer, um, so we would buy the kits, and I would like go and like buy the wires, and we put stuff together. Um, just I would be that guy hanging out at Radio Shack. We would go from uh, 
Radio Shack. No, we'd go from Axeman to Radio Shack. Okay. Uh, what because, is Axeman? So Axeman is like a surplus store in Minnesota where they just sell the most insane crap imaginable and just in weird bins. So it's all stuff that like couldn't get sold at like the wholesale level. And so like there's just like bins full of capacitors and like plastic doll heads. So, and did you have a recovery sales outlet? This sounds like the same thing. Which, like, yeah. Yeah, well, that was like where like a train wreck happened, and they were like, "Well, I guess we can't ship these cans of tuna." Yeah. So it's just like a whole bunch. Yeah, of, like, it was like that, but tuna. for mostly electronics. Oh, that sounds and like nice. plumbing parts and oh. like other stuff. So you, we'd go to Axeman and like be like, "Oh, let's try and make a thing today," and then you'd like get all the parts that were cheap at, at Axeman and be like, "Well, we need to actually make this thing for real. We need to finish it." And then we'd go to Radio Shack, and that would be our whole afternoon, and it was awesome. Wow. And, and like, okay, uh, when I was, a, you know, teenager into college, I was still the nerd who hung out at Radio Shack because that was the place where you went to talk to a human being who actually understood cell phones before carrier stores happened. And, like, I would, like, shoot the shit with the Radio Shack manager, and I thought that he was kind of a cool guy, which is really depressing to think about now, Wait, but well, back then. What was his name? Such a different thing. Uh, I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> if you remember, Gary I know I, if I saw him on the street, I would recognize him. Starting really? with Jay, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, he sold me my first Ericsson phone. It was a candy bar. It had like a flip, but the flip didn't actually do anything. He sold me my first phone with Bluetooth. I just heard wow. "Careless Whisper" playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now like gone. Yeah, I mean, but, this thing still yeah. exists though. Well, like, it's for it's me, half Sprint now. Yeah, yeah, but like, if I this. Thing yeah. to me is micro sitter now. Do you have? Have you ever been to a micro center? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, that is like the last. It, it's like if CompUSA and Radio Shack kind of like crashed into each other, and they only kept the things that people actually want to use, like that are, they're actually right. going to fiddle around with. Right. And then the really hardcore stuff, I I assume they leave to Amazon or like an online place right. where you can order from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you go into a Radio Shack now, and it's just surreal. Because the the front is overpriced phones, it looks yep. like, or like weird, like pseudo stereo, Bluetooth stereo, yeah, or, or right. bad remote control cars, and ba- yes, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and motorcycles and yeah. different junk. And then you go to the back, and it's like this is a totally separate store. This is just cardboard boxes full of junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's so weird. I I, just, I can't. Anytime I go in there, it's always because like. It's free. It's March. It's super cold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I desperately need like earphones because I've somehow yes, lost yes, them. Yes. Yeah. What, earphones like, it's or the only like, place nearby. Last time An you adapter. went to Radio Shack, what'd you, what'd you go in for? Oh, uh, I went in last month. I got like a network adapter for this laptop. Oh, okay. So that's. But that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. Like, but the last thing I went in for is I desperately needed a mini USB cable, not a micro USB cable. And those are getting harder to find. Hmm. And I was in San Francisco. I didn't have time. And it was the only store that had even a. Ghost of a chance of selling this cable. Guess how much I paid at Radio Shack for a mini USB cable? Six dollars. Wait, how long was it? It was four foot. Six dollars. The only one they had in the store. It, yeah, six, uh, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars. I went on the prices oh. right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jeez. But like that's like that's the problem with Radio Shack. It's both of those things. Mm-hmm. It's one. I didn't go in there to hang out on Saturday with my father to build some cool stuff. I went in because I was desperate and I needed a USB cable, which you could get anywhere for dirt cheap, but I just needed it. And two, they charged me twenty dollars. Yeah. Mini, <laughs> mini yeah. USB yeah. cable, uh three feet on Amazon, five dollars on Prime. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And if I, you're in this zip code, I would imagine you could do it with the Prime app yeah. on your phone, you get it an hour later. Yeah. Uh, or so, or just go to Best Buy. And it's like Oh my God, then he charged yeah. you forty dollars. <laughs> well no, you get it you get a cheap kind of 
piece but of crap it, it's one. brass like, wire. So oh, like, no, it's gold. It's gold. Yeah, yeah, gold, 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 gold wire. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so much better. The data transfer just looks uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, conceal under black plastic. So, uh, so Radio Shack is going away. Yeah. Well, they're yeah, kind of, basically. Yeah, they're turning into Sprint like stores is kind of what's happening. They're going right? to share Half space. Are, I think. Uh, but yeah. I think the, the real problem is, uh, in some ways, Radio Shack had already gone away. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like the, the, the reason you went there was to you know do cool projects. Or at least it was for me. Yeah. And the, there's been a whole million think pieces about this. Like They, they didn't catch on the, the, the trend of the maker. Or like nobody has free time anymore at all and they just spend it playing video games and so they're doomed. Or, you know, the classic, you know, here's all the stuff in the Radio Shack catalog from 1984 and you do them all on your phone now. I, I think, the, I mean, who knows? There's okay. there's no way to solve the problem with how big they were uh, yeah. and find anything that could like fill up those stores. But if Maker Etsy mashup mm-hmm. seemed like such a great idea of like offering the, the tools to have like cool, make your own things, have like a retro brand and then sell some of those things that people end up making, yeah. like yeah. incentivize people that this is a marketplace for the best ideas. That would have been, it'd be thrilling to see. I mean, we, we live in New York. We get to see Etsy stores every Christmas and they're one of the coolest things whenever they bring those out and mm-hmm. you can see Etsy products in real life and you end up buying way more than you ever think you would because right. they're right there. Uh, and they, if there was a company that had a shot, at least a shot at it, yeah. it was, it was radio. I mean, Shack. if you take the ethos of old radio shack and you modernize it, it would be a store with a giant 3d printer, a bunch of Arduino kits, a couple of raspberry pies. And like exactly what you said, like, you can make your shit here. Yeah, but I mean, is that a sustainable business? God, no. <laughs> but at least it's better than like fake drones and a weird out commercial yeah. that they paid way too much for. So, I mean, the, the tragedy here, I mean, there's lots of tragedies. There's a tragedy for all the employees and how badly they've been treated over time and how they're, a bunch of people are probably going to lose their jobs now. For me, the tragedy is Radio Shack was a place where you could go and be a gadget nerd IRL face-to-face with somebody and not in some forum where you end up getting in a flame war with somebody on the internet that you could, you could go and hang out at the mall. And if you're like, I'm bored, you could go and just be a gadget nerd in this space that is everywhere in the country. And no matter what you'll like find time to putter, like, you know, I hate shopping. I hate puttering around, but I I will putter in radio shack. Like, Oh, look, there are some alligator clips for like build. I don't know. Like <laughs> I will find myself staring at random electronic junk at, at a radio shack in a way that I don't do anywhere else. Right. Um, and like that's not having that space for people is like really depressing. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that like, copy of say went circuit city is pretty much like it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's gone forever. It's, yeah. Radio Shack uh, and is gone. so that means people are shopping at Best Buy. Then is that like- no, they're, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, like, where, where it's all online. It's, I mean, yeah. so Amazon, I, like these. Yeah, you you can follow. I mean, I, this is speculation, but if you think about the type of people who would be going to this place, where they were the people who were buying online before everyone else, mm-hmm. exactly, and they've become more accustomed to it than anyone else. Oh, uh, that's true. And and they're going to be able to find the deals and that. That's that's why you load those people. Eventually, everyone becomes that. So if I'm yeah. any other store, it's kind of like the beginning of like when music was pirated, and then like every <laughs> other industry industry is like, oh, this, this won't be a problem. I mean, sure, those were just young people. It'll right. never spread. They'll never grow up. Uh, and then everything ends up getting pirated. Right. I mean, for a while, I was like, as long as I didn't need it within like two business days, it'd be fine. I'll order it online. It's cheaper that way. And now there's seven day there's same day delivery anyway. So that impetus to like to have to go to the store because you need it right away it's gone yeah and, or I, and it's going away and i i used to also only use online shopping for my tech stuff and now it's 
everything. Yeah. By the way, I, just so everybody knows, I did get the copy of my Winnipeg with the $20 <laughs> I got Amazon. So, follow up. It was 100% worth it. That's nice. <laughs> Um, do we want to talk about, well, act, before we leave Radio Shack, yes. I do want to make a plug. Do. Um, I know what you're going to plug. John Boys. Yeah. So there, there is oh my God, John yes. Boys, who uh, is the author of the Breaking Madden series on SB Nation, which is, I think, one of the most essential pieces of video game criticism ever created. As funny as it is, it is also, I think, vital, uh, did a great piece on his experience working at Radio Shack. Uh, and it's basically a, at this point, a eulogy, uh, and, and it's excellent. So, I mean, for now, until the post is live, you can Google it. It's on SB Nation, John Boy's Radio Shack. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just excellent. Uh, should we jump over to the next big thing? Uh, are, are we passing hi, hi, Breaking Madden. Yeah. Oh. I will admit that I have never... No. 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 no, no, no. Are you for real? No, Come no, on. no, no, no. <laughs> it's... Come on. It's been around for two seasons. <laughs> Dude. I'm like, being is, honest here. I don't I I've never seen a single episode. I don't I don't care if you don't know what American football is and you don't know what Madden is. It is legitimate art just yeah. on its own. I mean like I'm not a big football guy either, but the Breaking Madden season 1 finale, I cry laughing every time I see it. Like I'm sending you away now. Just stop just everything. Just, stop everything you're doing right now and just read this. Uh, but I love John. I love John Boys. Like I, you know, it's nothing personally against him, and just no, it, it, it just, is actually it's no, a personal, it's personal thing against all of us. <laughs> also, and now, and now, Thorman's gonna kill me. Michael yeah. Katz no, is gonna kill is. me. Jimmy Bankoff is gonna let me send you a personal. You email. realize you this company deep, was founded this on this deep <laughs> trouble. Uh, well, since Sam failed the hype check, we have help on the hype check formula. This is a uh, Sebastian uh, Plamauer. Uh, who's a turbine and writer on Twitter. He has submitted to us a paper, which has been peer reviewed by the way, by Verge commenters. But, okay. But that's, that's not exactly like nature journal or anything. Uh, it's okay. It's, okay. It's, okay. It's, I think it's uh, better than we ever it's, thought. We it's deserved. well respected <laughs> in the community of journalists. It is an academic paper laying out the formula for hype and not just hype, but hype over time and the integral necessary for it. Okay. So this is a statistical analysis of hype. Given that hype is a popularity of a product in a given moment, we can easily see that the hype is something that changes over time. The total hype is composed of a brand hype and product hype. For example, hype timelines based on Google Trends see figures 2.1 and 2.2. We have to integrate the hype over time. I'm going to tweet about this right now. Like, I'm just going to put this out. <laughs> he, there's, a, there's a full analysis of uh, the hype of uh, the iPhone 6 versus the, um, the, the Nexus 5. And the hype quotient, and it's just it's just shockingly good. If the hype quotient is lower than one, it means the post-release hype can't hold up to the pre-release hype. The product doesn't meet its hype standard. This means that the product was overhyped. And we've got like it's it's amazing. This is this is this is the formula for hype. I'm telling you. I, I wish I could could Ross read this formula. Which one? Uh, the first any one? of them. Two point, two point, whatever. Uh, okay, let's go for t- figure two point one. The cumulative hype is equal to the integral between time zero and time one, basically the before and the after of the hype over a period of time. It says this is calculus, guys. If you know calculus, please read this hype check, and you will learn so much. This is this is, this <laughs> is, this is, this is one of the most in depth like mathematical formulas that has ever come out of a Verge cast. Like, so we now we now <laughs> have not only do we have hype check. We have the hype quotient, the hype standard, the optimal hype f- efficiency. 
See, like, my my only concern. I need to read through this. Yeah, but like my only concern is like, are we are we treating time as like a linear concept or is it more like logarithmic? Because once you get closer to something, the hype should be like naturally a little like more intense. So like, are we counting for that? Well, that's why that's why you do the integral of it. So uh, over time, you want the you want the the hype quotient to approach one, right? Because that means if it, if it's below one, then you haven't had enough hype and you have a hype. Uh, gap that you need to match. If it's above one, you're way overhyped and people are going to be annoyed with you. Okay. Huh? All right. All right. Dieter is smart. That's really what Sam, is Sam, hi- hype check, hype check. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful work of art. No, this is like, Sam's really... like I can't read it, but I love them numbers. No, <laughs> exactly right. I just, I, I can't read this because I don't know calculus and I am just extremely thankful for Sebastian for like, this this dude just like sat here and did this because he watches the Verge cast and like enjoys the hype check joke. That's you know for you know now it's like a real thing. Like this is this is the definition of hype check. I really and, hope this becomes like like a dissertation or something. Like he's going for a doctorate in statistical analysis, <laughs> and like he can take this and just expand on it. No, it's great. It's really great. Speaking of bad hype, let's talk about Spider Man. That's the worst transition wait, ever. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Before you do that, can, I'm just doing it. Can we talk I'm about just jumping right uh, in? Can, no, can I give, oh, no, I want to talk about a creepy brand thing. Okay. Okay. So before this, Sam posted on the Verge account a photo of us, and what uh, people don't know is oh. we remove oh, our yes. beer bottles before the episode starts, but we had not done this because the photo was taken before the episode. Okay. Oh, no. And somehow Brooklyn Brewery no. immediately no. responded. No. <laughs> Always drink Brooklyn Lager. It's like, what, what are, maybe the one photo where we forgot to remove it, and they immediately saw it. Man. No. But, but at the same time, they forgot to put a period before at Verge, so it was only for us. But I am, I am, I am impressed. That is a social media wow. person who, who has an eye right there. That means they're watching the Verge cast, yeah. or, I mean, or yeah, they follow I, I us on Twitter, or, like, uh, or something. Some sort oh of visual God. recognition software that scans the entire Yeah, I'm like, you, and, the, and the labels turned around, too. Like, you have to know that that's Brooklyn Lager. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, I'm zo- oh, no, that's, yeah, you Man, can just kind of half see the B. I cannot look at Twitter when I'm doing the Verge cast. This is wow. It's too much. Apparently, I stare directly at the camera intently, <laughs> and it drives people crazy. So I'm not going to do that So anymore. literally seconds after this photo was taken, yeah, yeah. Dieter's like, Get your goddamn beer bottle <laughs> off the table. We are not a Brooklyn Brewery sponsor. And I was like, but Dieter, Brooklyn Brewery is like the best local brew in New York. No, I don't know. Uh, right here. Uh, I hear the checks don't cash if you don't say it at camera. Oh, sorry. Excuse me, guys. Cash. Brooklyn Brewery. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so speaking of Spider-Man. No, there's no chance you have to. Thank you, Speaking of blatant, terrible marketing. Speaking of the extended Marvel Universe. So... I didn't know. I mean, I knew, but I didn't really know that the Marvel Universe was like a thing that oh existed. Yes. I'm not a comic book nerd. I'm not by by all means. Um, and I read Ross's like we were like discussing this tweet like when we were going to put up this piece, and I was just like, it was like Spider Man returns to or Spider Man is finally going to be in the Marvel Universe. Well, there's was, two Marvel Universe. I okay, so so so. Again, I know very, very little about this. There's and Marvel and the, the Marvel Cinematic. Cinematic. Exactly. Right. So, so yeah, we put up... Well, let me... Let's mm. talk about the news first, and then I'll, t- I'll tell uh, my story after. Okay. There's much more. Than There's, There's a lot. More. Yeah. There's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. Sam, I, Sam. Earth 616 is ours, okay? Oh We're 616. No. Uh, is that real? Is that for real? Go wiki it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Son, don't question things. <laughs> whatever. All I know now is that I'll be able to see... 
whoever Peter Parker is. Hopefully, well, maybe not even whoever Spider-Man is. Sorry. Okay, so if you don't, if you're under a rock, traditionally for the Spider-Man movies were under Sony Pictures control, and they they own the rights to it. And they made a pretty good first one, an amazing second one, and then everything after that was just garbage. Right. Hot, stinky garbage. And But, you know, their Spider-Man in the comic books hangs out with all the other cool Marvel people. Right. And even, and sort even, of people. And even though the movies have been going progressively worse, yeah. uh, like, like the box office specifically, they've been doing less and less and less each one. Uh-huh. Uh, it's still a $4 billion franchise, which is the biggest single superhero franchise that Marvel Marvel's name could even be associated with. So it's okay. a huge deal. It's like, bigger than the... Except for Iron Man 2 or Iron Man right. 1. I th- like, actually, it, it's outperformed, I think, all of them. Yes, yeah, so as a franchise, just because there's more of them, too. Like, so yeah, yeah, Marvel, kind of, Marvel got Spider-Man back, right? They but, kind of do, kind of, kind of don't. What does that even They're mean? leasing them, essentially. Uh, so, <laughs> Sam, hype check ambiguity. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Can we, can we watch Spider-Man and Iron Man and the Hulk, like, fight? In battles, like kind, yes, so, yeah, kind, theoretically. H- how about I'll explain the deal, and then maybe you can explain Civil War because that'll oh be the more complex. Oh that, my god, um, uh, Civil War is like right. a movie, okay. and do it all a thing. In, uh, do it all in three minutes. We'll do it super okay. super limited. Okay, I'm just gonna uh, listen. Okay, good. <laughs> so <laughs> generous of you, person who doesn't know anything about the topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, okay, so Spider-Man is still owned by Sony. They basically had bought the rights a long time ago, and they're mm-hmm. doing all these Spider-Man movies before Marvel did movies. Mm-hmm. And to retain them, they had to keep making Spider-Man movies before certain deadlines. Right. Like, a certain amount of time could not pass without them making a Spider-Man movie, or else they would lose the rights. Okay. That's that is like why the- they made the most recent Spider-Man movies, and they rushed production on it because they had to get in under a certain deadline, which kind of can explain why the movies are not so good. Okay. Like movies like The Punisher and Black Panther, those used to not be owned by Marvel too, but they stopped making them, so they kind of just reverted back. Daredevil as well. Okay. Um, So they still retain the rights to Spider-Man. Marvel has obviously wanted Spider-Man for something we're also going to talk about really quickly in a moment uh, Mm -hmm. called Civil War, which is going to be a big part of this new phase of movies. Uh, But uh, obviously Sony would not want to surrender it. Even if the movies are not so good, they still make quite a bit of money. And their whole big idea was like, okay, well, we can't make more Spider-Man movies if we want to do our own Avengers, but he has a lot of villains, so we'll just do a villain Avengers. And they were going to make gobs of movies about other characters in the Spider-Man universe. It was the stupidest idea. There was a, a time where they were talking about making a movie about it. It was like a detective movie around his mom. Or his, the, the, yeah, the rumor the was like fig- Aunt, no, Aunt yeah, yeah, May yeah, yeah. was going to be May, like yeah, yeah. this kind of like old school detective noir. Wait, aunt or aunt? Uh, uh, it depends on where yeah. you live. <laughs> uh, I don't think. I think but in, in the Marvel universe, is it aunt or aunt? I think it, I always thought it was aunt. It, uh, aunt. aunt May. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so... I think so basically, Sam's real mad right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Guys, here it is. Okay, Under this, this deal, Sony will still be making the movies. And from what I understand, they'll still get the money from the movies right. that are specifically about Spider-Man. Spider-Man and whichever actor they cast can be used in these new Marvel movies. Okay. Also. But, but Mar- they can't make a Spider-Man movie. They can just have Spider-Man in the movies it, that are already So, so they're, basically, they're kind of co-producing or something oh like God. that? So in return, instead of having to pay Sony any money for this, because they said it was more or less free, right. they have volunteered their expertise in crafting the movie for Sony. Okay. So what my prediction is, uh, is this lo- storyline, mm. which... 
Ross is going to talk about, they needed it to happen anyway. So they may have even already had a script essentially ready because this movie is coming out in 2017, the standalone Spider-Man movie, which means that script needs to be ready yesterday. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they probably have a script ready and they were like, listen, this fits into our canon. Do it. Uh, and, and in return, you don't have to worry about a script. Everything's taken care of for you. We'll help market and advertise it because they still own the rights to toys and everything around Spider-Man. <laughs> so we'll make, they'll make a ton Marvel of money anyway. will make a lot of money anyway, and then we can fit them into our movie. So right. do you want to explain some more? Yeah, and the quick two caveats to all that that just has to be known for like just the quick two ones. Uh, number one, um, the Rooster Brothers, who are making the next Captain America, which is going to come into this, huge Spider-Man fans, they tried to steal the franchise from Sony a while ago. This was in the Sony hacks. Like They wanted to own the Spider-Man franchise as well. That's kind of another reason this all kind of came together. Uh, the second thing, I forgot the second thing. Let's just move on to that later. Uh, <laughs> so so this is the comp- <laughs> this is the part where it gets weird. So the next Captain America is called Civil War. Uh-huh. Now the movies haven't followed exactly with the comics. They're kind of doing their own thing, which is good because they're cleaning up a lot of like weird continuity issues. This is like a clean universe. They're keeping everything tightly controlled. Um, but what Civil War is supposed to do is to take all the superheroes and just split them up. So the big event in the comics was. Can superheroes' identities be known? Should they be known for the greater good? Right. Um, which became this thing called the Superhero Registration Act. So on one side, you have Iron Man. You have Tony Stark, who's like, yes, we should register every Superman because they're a threat to society. If they're not checked, if the government's not watching them, then they could cause a you know, catastrophe, and we can't be there to save them. Okay. And Captain America's like, civil liberties and First Amendment, and like, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't think Captain America sounds like that. Well, so, Captain, Captain America's a good old boy. No. He's not, uh, he's not the intern from 30 Rock. <laughs> you know uh, what? Just yeah. because I'm from the hometown of the intern from 30 Rock, you got to keep Wait, bringing it. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a Georgia oh, boy. Right. He's a Georgia boy. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. Uh, anyway, no, and I'm not taking a side either. It's an interesting. It's an interesting way to take on it. Right. Um, but it's, there are there are no secret identities in the Marvel movie universe. Okay. But there is a whole idea. Really? Like, I think everyone knows who Iron Man is. Yeah. Captain America doesn't wear a mask. Okay. Yeah. It. it, it yeah. It's it, it, they can't do the same storyline for Spider Man. Just very important yes. to to this entire arc. He, and to not have him would have been strange okay, to say yeah. the very least like so, the, so in the movies they're gonna find some way for uh iron man and captain america to get real mad at each other mm-hmm. and then but spider-man has to be involved in that yeah basically so it's like government oversight versus civil liberties uh-huh. uh and spider-man's kind of the pawn slash weapon slash tool that it gets used between the two of them okay so like that's yeah. that's like the it, relatable character as these two sides kind of like ideologically war and more than likely what will happen the obvious prediction if you've seen a single trailer for Avengers 2 or mm-hmm. whatever is that Ultron is a creation of Tony Stark. Right. He will maybe take some form of control over Iron Man's suit or something. We see this big battle between Hulk and Iron Man in the trailer. Yeah. And at, as obvious guilt, which, you know, he is a great cipher for, he will go into the, you know, I need to reveal my own identity to protect myself from myself. And everybody should else. Well, everyone knows who Iron Man is already. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Gosh, nerds, Uh, all of us. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Can I watch the next movie without knowing all this crap? Yes. Yeah. You can absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've skipped some of the movies, to be honest. Okay. I just read about them on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, that's about Not all you need to do. Not all look that good to me. Man, Honestly, Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Just, just watch The Last Sorry. Avengers and then watch the next one, and you're good. Like, okay. you're pretty much good. Sam. Dieter, we got to watch these together, because I am so lost. <laughs> really, really. I've seen, so like, So what Iron we're going to do is we're going to watch these while I read this uh, this paper about the hype quotient to you. 
and that we're going to hype check these movies <laughs> as we watch them. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Just watch Fast and the Furious and think Vin Diesel is the Hulk. <laughs> uh, the difference is every Fast and the Furious movie is good, except for two. Wait. Which is... Yeah. Two's bad. Two is really bad. Is that... Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, That's okay. the best title, okay. without question. Yeah. <laughs> but it is not the best movie. <laughs> Guys. We're not going to talk about Fast and the Furious. <sighs> right. I'll save it for the Fast and the Furious episode. Yeah. Which is every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> What's tech? Fast and Furious. I will yeah. say that the best thing about not having any emotional investment in the Fast and the Furious is I can troll the entire staff <laughs> all the time. All the time. It's cruel. It's so the best. Mm. I definitely made a really, really off-color joke on Twitter earlier this week, and uh, I feel bad about it, but I don't feel bad <laughs> what, at all. What was it? What was uh, it? There <laughs> may have been a Weekend at Bernie's reference for the next sequel. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm no, not, you, I don't no, you, don't, you don't need to do the, the no, pantomime. That's, that's, thank thank yeah. goodness people who are just listening can't see what Sam just did. Uh, I, yeah. I know it. I'm proud of myself. It's uh, like we, we defined that we had gone past the line. You're like, well, there's another line to go past. Uh, no, just right, 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 <laughs> drive fast. All right. Uh, <laughs> should we, Guys, should we, do, you, do we want to talk about the John Stewart thing? He's gone. He's, he's going. Done. He's retiring. He's gone. Yeah, he's retiring. Yeah. He's, he's changed. He's I mean, so here's my question about John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Who is going to make fun of cable news now? Because Anyone? Colbert is going and like running it's a standard a t- late show. I, I just don't even care anymore. Like, but but a when, lot of people did, don't. You feel the... like those two guys held cable news in check a no. little bit? Not even Not a little. Even a See, little. I mean, we shut. He shut down Crossfire. I, I think, yeah, no, I think he they... shut down Crossfire years ago. Yeah, like I, I love Stewart, and it's great, and it's biting satire, and it's fun. But here's the thing that happened: cable news realized. They don't have to change anything. They don't care. He may be right, but they can still do what they do. Yeah. And it's and great have promotion them. for them. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Like, eh, like, so maybe things will get better. Yeah. <laughs> Lacking a check uh, and balance. Saying things will get better. Oh, yeah, That's how it usually is. <laughs> right. Just a one-party system. But I, I will say... <laughs> God. Can we speculate on who's going to replace him? Just for fun? I mean... I mean, I'm looking at Ross. <laughs> I mean, I, I not, not to speculate. I'm just, I'm just looking at Ross. Look at me. Uh, no, no. Uh, the, the names that you keep being bandied about are just like, like just wishful thinking. You're Aisha mm-hmm. Tyler's, you're Jessica Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since the trip, the clip is out here, like hot tub time machine two is coming next week. And their big future prediction was Jessica Williams is hosting the daily show in 2025. Oh, really? Which oh. has now been a great marketing tool for hot tub time machine two. Mm-hmm. That's about the only great thing about hot tub time machine. 2, you know what? Take what it, I can tell. You know, shut your mouth. I, I haven't Y'all. seen it. You haven't even seen it. Hot tub time machine First is off, funny as hell. Hot tub time machine is, is funny. I yeah. check on hot it's tub fu- time machine. It's funny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I'm really excited to see the yeah. second one. It is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like what's his name, John Stewart Light, whoever is replacing him in Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Jessica That's Williams? Not John, Stewart. John Cusack Light. John Cusack oh, Light. Adam what's Scott. Adam Scott. I, I like Adam Scott Adam a lot. Scott. And this is also. Really? Oh, yeah. This is the mm, second. Scott. Oh, yeah. He's much better. I got a sauce out for Cusack. Can we also note for like one second while we're on this tangent that don't, Adam don't Scott. Don't make that face at me. He's a grumpy goose. That's the point. Can we also note that Adam Scott has now done two full futuristic like things in the last year he's doing parks and rec three oh, years right. in the future yeah. now he's doing hot tub time machine too like 10 he's years in the future guy. he just loves drones <laughs> and holograms man and just keeping it real <laughs> adam scott is the only person where i my wife and i regularly <laughs> quote 
a thing he said that we never actually heard. It was from a written, <laughs> it was from a written interview. Okay. And he was talking to a uh, 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 film critic, Mike Ryan, and he was asked about Dune, and he was like, "I love Dune. I love David Lynch. I love Dune." <laughs> and it's like I don't even know if that's how he said it, but like anytime we like something, we're like, "Listen." I love E.T., but I love Steven Spielberg. I love E.T. <laughs> it's so stupid. And I don't know, like, how does that happen? How I, I Anyway, if you want more of this, we have a new show. <laughs> it's an amazing is transition. Is that it? Uh, it felt so short. No, well, yeah, we're, we're keeping it short. We, 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 we promise to keep it short. Well, it's going to end up being long because we're going to listen to a full episode of What's Tech. Mm-hmm. Right now, hopefully the cameras for the live stream won't continue to <laughs> record all this. <laughs> so we're going to sit here and pick our news and listen to, uh, to West Tech. It's going to be great. I almost killed a woman and her child on a bicycle with a drone. I was at my in-law's house in Connecticut, suburban Connecticut, and I thought, this is a big backyard. I don't usually have this much space to fly. This is super safe. It's so much safer than when I fly in the city. I won't kill a woman and her child here. I won't kill anything here. And then I was flying, and what I forgot was that the reason we call them drones in part is because they have intelligence inside, and they assist you in flying. You're not in full manual. There's a GPS. It's connected to a satellite, and that helps it to stay in position. But they live in, like, a total dead zone. I can't use my cell phone there. And I kept losing the signal without re- like really realizing that that was happening. It was kind of like going on and off the signal. It's like losing the signal to your iPhone or your Android phone, except for this thing's flying like 80 feet in the air. Yeah, like I noticed that, but I made the mistake of continuing to fly. And I went up, <clears throat> I was doing speed runs back and forth in the backyard, just like practicing different maneuvers. And um, then I was hovering at maybe like 20 or 30 feet and a big gust of wind came and pushed the drone towards the road, over the house and towards the road. And at that point, I should have gone straight up because if you go way up there, it doesn't matter where you are, you're not gonna hit anything. But instead, I tried to correct against the wind. But I had lost my orientation, and so when I pushed against the wind, I was actually going with the wind. So I doubled down on the problem, and then the drone went over the house and I couldn't see it. And then I freaked out, and I just killed the rotors and the drone fell out of the sky and crashed into the road. I heard that. I couldn't see it. So I made a lot of mistakes in a very short period of time. All that took, you know, a couple seconds. So then I ran around the house, and this woman was in the road, just looking back like she had seen a UFO fall out of the sky, and the drone was shattered in pieces on the road. She was on her bike with a kid in the back in a bike seat, and they were just sort of staring at the drone. And then they were looking at me, and I was trying to apologize and I I was just sort of like collecting the drone and apologizing and they were staring at me like I was an alien who had come out of the UFO and then they just biked away. Like she didn't want to touch, she didn't want to hear an apology from me, she didn't want anything to do with me. The whole situation was incomprehensible and I was terrified because I realized, you know, she was like 10, 15 feet in front of the drone. I don't know where she was when it came down, but obviously it could have hit her and then the bike could have fallen and then there was a kid on the bike. Then I realized that my son was also outside, and I had left him, and so I had to run and go find him because he'd been alone for some time. But um, that was that was our future. (laughs) This this is this is the future that we live in. Yeah. Hello. 
Hello, and welcome to the pilot episode of What's Tech. I am your host, Christopher Thomas, plant senior editor at TheVerge.com. It's a website about technology and culture, and today, drones. I am joined by my colleague, my friend, my uh, fellow Hearthstone player, uh, business editor, Ben Popper. How are you doing today? Well met, sir. Well, uh, for those who don't know, which is, I assume, the entire audience since this is the pilot episode, What's Tech is a show that answers that question. Uh, What is tech? Uh, Literally in the case of what makes anything tech. At at this point, it seems like everything's tech. But also, uh, what specifically works about the technology we have? What what is a drone? Uh, And that's kind of the big question of today's episode. What is a drone, and is it going to kill the women and children in my neighborhood? Uh, so let's start from the top. I, I, I want to know, what is a drone? Okay, I have an answer. It's extremely long. This will be edited down into something pithy. Okay. So a drone is, can be many different things, right? I mean, like, the word is very old, and it used to mean, like, an insect. Like, if Shakespeare's writing about a drone, he meant, like, a little bug, a gnat. A bee. Swatch drone. Right. And obviously uh, a drone can be like a sound, like stop droning on or like a whole genre of music that I detest, right? Drone music. That just goes on and on and on. Um, but then in uh, the 20th century, a drone was something that flew but without a person inside of it. So uh, during like World War One and World War Two, there were like these, you know, sort of self-guided like rockets that they would throw or shoot and then they had like a little propeller and they would fly like 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 a prototype of a missile or something terrifying paper airplanes that could explode yeah a paper airplane full of mustard gas was a drone and then uh more recently you know they were these military aircraft flying uh fighting in the war on terror that's how we came to recognize them the predator drone although in that case really somebody again is like flying it the whole time They're just not sitting on it like a helicopter or an airplane. And then what happened was all of these smarts that were inside of a smartphone went inside of model aircraft and remote control helicopters, and they got really cool. It was much easier to fly. They could do all these things by themselves, and we started calling model aircraft RC helicopters drones. And now that word is really established. Like, you go to CES, there's a whole, you know, section of things calling themselves drones. You watch Congress debating the safety of unmanned aerial systems, like the Congress people are calling them drones. People get them for Christmas, they ask for a drone. That's that's strange to me because it seems like there are kind of three types of drones then. There's the military drone, there's the commercial drone, uh, and there's a consumer drone. Yeah. But they are, can be wildly different things. Like when I picture uh, a military drone, I picture something that looks similar to a small plane. Uh, when I picture the drone that you would get for Christmas, it's like a, helico- a quadrocopter. Sure. So they're very different things, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say like uh, uh, a car and a, you know, toy car and a remote control car are all a car, but they, you know, have different functions and different capabilities. I mean, I think the important thing to understand about a drone when we talk about it now, like the idea we're trying to convey is it's something that flies without a person in it and it has intelligence. Sure. 
Am I, am I wrong to think there's something kind of dangerous about the semantics of this? Because you mentioned an RC car versus a real car, right? Uh, and if all those things were just called car and we were having these large conversations about it, it could get a bit uh, messy. I mean, when I thought of drones uh, probably you know five years ago, I thought of something that killed people and sometimes innocent people, and it was a very controversial thing. Should we have drones uh, flying over Afghanistan? I don't think that the commercial drone industry was like the nefarious creation of the military drone industry to try. You know, it's not like they were like, it wasn't let's, intentional. let's make a toy version and then people will come to love drones and like, we'll sell them on Christmas and like, it'll, it'll soften the image of the war on terror. You know, I think they developed just sort of in parallel because of certain technologies, you know. Um, but it is definitely true that if you were to say drone to somebody in the U.S. now, they're equally as likely to think of the toy as the killing machine. I think that's true. And maybe, you know, that does muddy the discussion of, you know, how we use drones in the war on terror. I would agree with that. Uh, let's talk policy. Talking about things that are exciting. Uh, y- what is it? Because I remember when there was all the controversy around uh, war drones, uh, the question was, you know, like, is this legal? Does this count as an act of war? What 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 makes this different than someone in a vehicle killing someone? Sure. Uh, but then we have uh, commercial and uh, and consumer policy, which, from my understanding, is next to non-existent on consumer. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're coming up against the central issue, which is there isn't a person on board. So if there's a person in a helicopter, an airplane, we know, hey, that person is responsible at all times. They're in control of this machine, similar to driverless cars. We know that they work, but we don't want them because who's responsible when the driverless car, you know, hits somebody? Um, And so with the war on terror, what what was the central question we were asking? Does it make it easier to go kill people overseas if we don't have to put any of our people in danger? And is it, you know, what's the, what are the ethics of war by remote control? And so now what we have is the opportunity to create an entire new aviation industry to do things commercially, which are exciting, to do things on the consumer side, which are exciting. But we have to confront the same question of if nobody, if you can fly the drone out of your own sight easily, which you can do with these toys. They can go a mile away. And it's still in the air. It's still moving very fast. It's still making decisions. You know, who's responsible? How do we do that safely? How do we integrate that safely into the airspace? I mean, the real problem is that the FAA is the agency that should be regulating this, but they don't have the money or the size to create an entire new class of aircraft and monitor that. And so they were supposed to... They're supposed to give us new rules this year. They're mandated by Congress. 2015. This is the deadline. Give us new rules. And they're just sort of still sitting on their thumbs. Yeah. Well, it seems also like a much more difficult thing to enforce, right? Like when a plane or a helicopter takes off, you know. Like there's a place where people go to to take off their plane or take off their helicopter. Uh, If drones are going to be in everyone's backyard... Who's left to enforce that? The police? And then are the police working with the FAA? Like, it, it, it seems, like you said, it seems messy. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the, the, the beginning solutions, we can sort of take lessons from what we did with commercial airliners. Like, if you had said at the beginning of the 20th century, oh, we'll have 10,000 flights crisscrossing the nation every day, people would say, well, those planes will crash into each other. How would they ever avoid that and know what to do? And we learned how to do it, and we do it all the time. So... 
if every drone that was sold came with a transponder and, you know, when it launched, that sent out a clear message to everyone in the area, hey, I'm in the air, this is where I am, I know where you are. That's the kind of thing that you could draw on the knowledge of the FAA. But the genie's already out of the box, right? Like, we're selling tens of thousands of drones every month, and they don't have that technology. There is no standard. There are no rules about, you know, needing to be part of this system and communicate with other folks. And that means that the FAA can't really approve, can't really get going the prod, the big projects we want, like package delivery by Amazon and Google. And, the, you know, the contention there is that if we don't do it this year, if we don't do it soon, they're just going to go overseas. Other countries are going to beat us to it. And the U.S. is not going to be the leader in drones the way we were the leader in the Internet, even though we came up with a lot of this technology and then we were pioneers like the regulatory framework here is much more restrictive than it is in Europe or Canada, for example. Yeah, well, that's what I want to ask you as someone who I think is an expert on the topic. Do you think the regulation that is likely to be put in place will do bad? Will it do good? Will it do harm? Will it? What does it look like? Or is there literally just no, no idea of what this is going to be? Uh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the, you know, just like with any agency in the government, um, it's tough to predict what they'll do. It's tough to predict what on what time frame and what all the interests are. <sighs> God, it's just so hard. I just don't know. I think that the FAA d- it wants to uh, bring sensible regulations to the table that allow people to safely fly as hobbyists, just the way they're doing now, and begin to test out on the consumer. Look, look, so we have like 11, I think. Or we have a number of test sites around the country. And a number of companies have been given permission and they're already doing test flights. Just recently, a bunch of news organizations like CNN and the New York Times were given special license to go fly drones. So right there, let's just stop. Like many, many news organizations flew drones this year at CES. Perhaps The Verge did. I don't remember. That was all technically illegal. But, of course, it happened, and it's not like the FAA is unaware of this. So everything is happening in this gray area right now. Again, I would say, like, Hollywood and TV studios are already using these drones out in the field without permission all the time. So it's not like we're not doing commerce with it all the time already. When you say that, you mean to get, like, high shots, like getting cityscape shots, getting things that used to cost tens of thousands of dollars to rent a helicopter to get. Right, or a crane. Sure. And could be dangerous if you have somebody hanging off the side of a helicopter with a camera. Yeah. Now you can do it with a drone. It's a huge advantage. You can repeat that shot 50 times instead of having the budget to do it once. Yeah. Um, And there's applications in firefighting, in search and rescue, and farming we know could be really great. So you already mentioned CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, It happens in Las Vegas every year right after Christmas, a perfect time to schedule something. Be away from your family for a week. Oh, (laughs) God. But there were a ton of drones there. And I'm curious, based off what you saw, what does, I mean, what do drones look like, especially for the consumer in, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Um, So I had some really interesting conversations with people there. Right now, the consumer drone looks like a small one to three pound quadcopter that flies for 10 to 15 minutes that you control with a RC remote controller that looks like a joystick. In the future, the perfect consumer drone will be small enough to fit in your pocket. It will have battery that will last way more than 15 minutes, and you won't need to be a pilot. You'll take it out of your pocket and hit a button on your phone, 
and it will go up and take a 360-degree selfie of you and your friends or follow you down a ski slope and then land and go back into your pocket. It'll be like a smartphone or a GoPro camera. That's like where the industry would love to be. The battery is the big holdup. You know, the battery doesn't improve the way chips and sensors do on Moore's Law. It doesn't always get smaller and more powerful every year. So flight takes a ton of battery. Like a drone is much bigger than a smartphone, but the battery lasts way oh, a much more shorter amount of time because it has to fly around. Um, and so I actually had a really interesting discussion. Like maybe the perfect form factor for a drone is just cover that goes on your smartphone with like four rotors and then you want to like take a picture and you just hit a button and your phone like takes off and does it and then like lands and then like you're done that you would have to trust that like it won't break your phone which <laughs> seems like a lot of putting a lot of faith in like a but people are already using cell phone selfie cover. sticks <laughs> it's like people are already walking around with four foot long steel poles that can drop at any moment from a right height. you know there's all kinds of really exciting applications but for the consumer what is a drone it's a flying camera that can do things uh, at your command. Right now, like the, the command prompt for the drone is the joystick, and that means you have to be the pilot. And that kind of sucks because you'd rather just be the star of the film, and the drone should do everything for you. So that's where people want to go. Yeah, that's interesting. And a little weird, imagining walking around Disneyland with like the th- like slight buzz of thousands of drones following everyone. Yeah. As disconcerting as it is to see, like, all these people on the Brooklyn Bridge with a selfie stick, you will, you will be like, oh, you just have a drone over your shoulder. No that, big deal. No big deal. You're a tourist. <laughs> um, so one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, in the recent Call of Duty, now it's, it's recent S, <laughs> Black Ops 2, uh, it featured a drone takeover of Los Angeles. Uh, on a scale of unlikely to all of us being killed, by drones taking over Los Angeles uh, by, like, just some random dude who's like, hey, you know what? I know how to hack all these drones because apparently that's how it's going to work. Uh, what, what are the odds? Hmm. Well, if we lived in a world where they were all connected to some central command because they had to communicate with the FAA, maybe you could deploy a virus that would take over all of them. But... In today's world, it's impossible. They're just autonomous toys hanging out in your backyard doing dangerous things. Although, I guess if you thought about, like, what you could do with a dozen drones, you you could do some really dangerous stuff. I mean, people just post videos all the time on YouTube. Hey, I flew my drone and landed on top of Cowboy Stadium. And it's like, okay, well, I didn't know you could just get up there, but what if you planted a bomb so drones let us go places we could not previously access very easily on the like scale of one to master hacker take over the universe i'm going to say the chances are pretty slim but i don't want to rule anything out so you're saying it's more of a black hat than like a hack the planet yeah like i could see people you know using well for example i know people have used drones to like deliver drugs to other people in jail what? Like, get over the fence and, like, drop off some, like, contraband. Like, that, that shit happens. <laughs> you drop off, like, a key. That's what I want if I'm in jail. <laughs> Give me right. a key out of here. Right. That's apparently how jails work. There's just one. There's one It's key. like a house key. Yeah. And it's got, like, uh, an advertisement for, like, your fitness yeah. club on it. Yeah. So, 
you can use them to do nefarious things, but you won't be using them to take over cities anytime soon. Well, and on that note, you can possibly take out someone that lives close to you, but likely not all of the western side of Los Angeles. You should be more worried about people spying on you and taking you out. Cool. Don't worry. I am now. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining me, uh, Ben. Uh, This has been the first episode of What's Tech. If you enjoyed it, uh, do me a solid and go to the iTunes, uh, I guess, podcast spot. Uh, There's a thing that you can do there. You can rate podcast. And, you know, maybe you should give us five five out of five stars. Why not? Some nice words. It goes a long way to uh, getting word out about the show. And then we can make more episodes, hopefully more than just this episode you're listening to right now. Uh, Until next time, I am Chris Plant. I am joined by... Ben Popper. We'll see you later. Bye. And we're back. Oh, and Love I ran back to my seat. Yeah. Made it on time. I was on the line. Yeah. That was really impressive. It's a good, good show. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Do you want to tell us when, when we can get more of them? Sure. You can get these uh, every Tuesday. We're still, I mean, it's still new. So we're figuring out how the whole getting these uploaded and on every single different podcast network. Um, yeah. So Tuesdays, we'll have new episodes. And I'm looking forward to the one that will air next Tuesday. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and there's oh, another one. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, yeah. You just listened to the drone episode. There's one uh, about smartwatches uh, with Dan and involves uh, one of our coworkers getting kicked out of Applebee's. And I assure you, you want to hear that one. Uh, and that is on iTunes right now. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, if you subscribe, you'll get that right away. Subscribe in iTunes. It helps if you do it there. Even, yeah. even if you don't use iTunes, just open it up, subscribe, and then close it again. That's what I do. Yeah, it really does help. Yeah. Um, you know what also helps is if you uh, subscribe to the Virgin mm-hmm. iTunes. And if you leave us a review, uh, if you could go and leave us a five-star five, five star review. Yeah, that'd that's, be nice. Those are the stars that we like. Uh, and tell us your favorite Radio Shack memory. That's a good, that's a good, sad thing. I see some really depressing stories. Yeah. No, they'll be good stories. It's just going to be depressing reading them. How does it feel at the table? I like it over there. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, can, you can find it. We've got a convenient iTunes URL, too. It's iTunes.com oh, slash Vergecast. Right. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. That is a great URL. Uh, what, do, do other social things, Sam. Okay. That's your job. So, you know where to find us, but if you don't, I'll tell you. We are at Verge on Twitter. You should also hit us up on Snapchat. We are the real Verge there. Uh, so, yeah, there's uh, Twitter. There's Snapchat. Instagram. We're Instagram.com slash Verge. We are also on Twitter. Personally, I am at Sam Sheffer. This is at Backlon, and that's at Plant. Um, and Ross Miller is at and, Ono Roscoe. And Ross Miller is, yes, as at Ono Roscoe. Um, and we're also on YouTube. We make YouTube videos, which you've probably seen. We um, did a few cool videos this week. The Dead Mouse video went up. Uh, Binaural Audio went up. So we are um, YouTube.com slash The Verge. Binaural Audio. Binaural oh, yeah. Audio. With headphones. Yeah. I would love to plug that right now because that is... I say this with every video we make. It's like, that's the best one. But this, seriously, if you watch this with headphones, you will be stunned at how cool this video is. Um, And I think that's all I've got from the social corner here. We're coming back next week and the week after. And maybe the week after that, if you're good. (laughs) Keep appearing. But only if you're good. Only. Thanks for watching. That's our show. Goodbye. Bye.